Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Roundhouse Cross Talk, a podcast presented by the California State Railroad Museum. This week, we speak to Peter Norgard about his experience working for the railroad, his family background, and his love for the cab Ford locomotive. Hey, Peter, how's it going? Okay, it's going good. How's it going with you? Good, not too bad. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Our first question today is how long have you been a volunteer with the Railroad Museum and how many hours have you logged thus far? Okay, uh, my wife Linda and I entered the program in October 2005 in class 38. Since that time I have logged 5,340 hours as a docent. All right, and our second question today is, we are all made up of railroad stories and connections to the railroad. What are yours? Upon leaving college, I was determined to work at least for a time for a railroad. I'd been fascinated with trains ever since I knew what they were. My dad was also into model trains and started out during World War II in double O gauge. When we could afford it, we left San Francisco and moved to Marin County as my dad's business improved. We were able to make an addition to the house, which left us room for our toy and model trains. While my dad liked model trains, he was more interested in the maritime business and was a naval architect and marine engineer. Among his many designs were Western Pacific Railroad's car ferry, the Las Plumas. When I set out to interview with the railroads that had offices in San Francisco, I purposely avoided Western Pacific as I wanted to secure a position without my dad's assistance. After interviewing with both Southern Pacific and Santa Fe, I expressed some frustration to my dad about going to work for such large companies. The next morning, without me knowing it, my dad had arranged an interview with me for uh, Myron Christie, who at the time was executive vice president of the Western Pacific, and obviously was someone that my dad knew. Instructions from my dad were, you better be there. And the rest, as they say, is history. I stayed in school through the end of the semester in Oregon and then came back to California and immediately hired out with the WP. After starting at the low end of the totem pole as a junior file clerk in the accounting department, I really loved passenger work, though, and bid into the passenger department as soon as I had a sufficient amount of seniority. Even then, the handwriting was on the wall for the end of the passenger business for the private passenger railroads, and after two years, I went into freight pricing. Someone apparently thought I had some talent and I was offered the chief clerk's position in the local freight sales office. Shortly, I was promoted to a sales representative in the Portland, Oregon office. 
Later, I served in both the Spokane and Seattle sales offices as a sales representative before returning to San Francisco on the vice president of marketing staff. I did a stint there, and after that, I asked to be transferred back to field sales, which I thought was my forte. I went to Oakland in their sales office as a sales rep and was shortly thereafter offered the position of sales manager in Sacramento, where I spent the rest of my career with the railroads. Having spent 18 years with the Western Pacific and another 15 with Union Pacific, I was the youngest sales manager that WP had at that point. When we arrived in Sacramento for the first time, we really got to put down roots. We had so many friends here and were close enough to our families in Marin County. Working in railroad sales, the railroads expected you to move frequently, especially on the Union Pacific. And at that point, we were just tired of moving. When it looked like I would have to move to Omaha, the company headquarters, I left the railroad in 1996 with a buyout, the year they merged with Southern Pacific. At that time, family, friends, and the proximity to the railroad museum were more important to me than my railroad career. Going back a little bit, you spoke about your love for model trains throughout your childhood. Was that something that you continued to be involved with as an adult? Yes, I did do it to a certain extent, although we never had a house that was big enough to uh, to have a full layout. Uh, at Christmas time, I would uh, put a, a small layout around the Christmas tree and um, would still occasionally acquire things, but uh, basically I didn't really have the room for it. Okay, and our third question today is what made you decide to give back to the railroad by becoming a volunteer? Well, I always had some connection with the railroad museum through my position with the railroad. I always had some reluctance to become directly involved. We were good friends with Rita Weeks and Larry Huddabaugh, who all the old timers among us will remember. They tried like Dutch uncles to encourage us to become docents, but I still held out for a few more years. Finally, after taking a couple of Amtrak trips with Larry and Rita, I decided that if we could become narrators like Rita and Larry, that that was something that I would really enjoy and could contribute to. I had plenty of experience narrating Union Pacific trips through the Feather River Canyon for customers of the railroad, and I thought I was a natural for that program. I've now had 132 trips as an Amtrak narrator and am a mentor for that program. All right, and our last question today 
is what is your favorite position to volunteer as at the museum? I guess like many of us, I was a frustrated railroad engineer. As a child, I pictured myself piloting the city of San Francisco across Nevada deserts at high speed. A couple of times also as a child, I was fortunate enough to observe cab forwards at work, one time in the Northern Sheds and another time in the East Valley line between Roseville and Marysville. From that time on, I was hooked. So the obvious answer here is the cab forward. However, I also enjoy the RPO, the Cochiti, and the St. High. Awesome. Perfect. Well, I just want to give you a big thank you for, for doing the interview. Um, I know, especially if you're hard on hearing, that can be kind of a, a hard thing to do. Uh, so I just want to give you a thank you for coming on. I, uh, I'm happy to do it, and I, uh, I just hope some people are interested in it. Definitely. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Roundhouse Crosstalk. If you'd like to share your story with us, please contact Jason Rankins to discuss interview times. We look forward to releasing another episode next week on Friday at 3 o'clock.